Oh, yeah, it's good. One. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, now you remember. My bad. We need, we need to put it on our, in our soundboard. Yeah. It's a good song. Might be. You know what would be good with this song? Big old ice cold catering. <laughs> yeah. Refreshing, you know? It was not me. It's got electrolytes. Thank God it was not me. I don't know what you're talking about. I know who it is. I have no idea what you're saying. Okay. I don't like what you're doing right now. I'm trying to be cryptic and you're trying to ruin it. All right. Thank you. All right, we have a theme music. Let's go to the hotline. Actually, let's not. Let's go to the regular line because the hotline is all jacked up. I heard the count the show was Spike. Spike did it. Oh, boy. Spike. I mean, I mean the hotline, not the other thing. Oh, it's TM Powell, everybody. Hello, TM. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, movies. That's the theme song Will gave me. Yeah. My bad, dude. I totally on, brain farted man. that one. That's Dang a, it. I'm going to take an L on that one, my, much like Jameis Winston. Sorry. I uh, ruined it. Uh, what's going on, pal? Not so much. I, I do like that he gave you – like, I'm not the biggest alien ant farm guy, but I, I have listened to other critics, you know, do spots, like, on radio and everything else, and they all seem to do the 20th Century Fox. Oh, boy. Kind of. Right. You know, they're old, like, the trumpets and everything else, which, yeah. I mean, I kind of get, but I'm like, guys are all doing it. It's kind of the same thing. You know, change it up a little bit. I honestly was nervous, TM, that you were going to say the opposite, that everyone plays Alien Ant Farm movies. I was like, damn it. All right, we got to get you a new song. Guys, can you just give me the 20th Century goddamn intro one time? Sorry. Sorry about that. I think we have the market cornered on that one. We're good. Ladies and gentlemen, it's TM doesn't that just sound so pretentious playing that music? Come on now. It does. But so many, so many do it. I just think it's just kind of, I hate to say it, just lazy producing. At least like Will, like he kind of found something that did work, but, you know, it was different than that, you know? That's why he's the greatest nighttime producer in all of radio. It's a fact. Hands down. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. <laughs> so, so what's going on, buddy? Uh, well, finally, we got something to talk about. We haven't talked to you in weeks, and it's just that little dead zone uh, with movies and and uh, and a lot of stuff. And finally, we got something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I was very honest with you last time we're on. I said there's nothing, and I wasn't lying. There really, you know, wasn't much. And this weekend, you know, I don't know if there had been as much focus on Don't Worry, Worry Darling if there wasn't all the drama behind the scenes. Now, I'm going to talk about the movie, but obviously there was just a ton of it, you know, with, you know, Olivia Wilde, suppose he starts dating Harry Styles during the shoot. They fired Shia LaBeouf, but then he said, no, I quit. And then, you know, Olivia Wilde's on camera, kind of bad-mouthing Florence Pugh, who then said, I'm not going to do, you know, press for this. She just basically went to Venice, showed up, and then left. And then at one point we thought that Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine, which he didn't. I mean, you could kind of see and figure it all out, that it wasn't a spit. But it definitely looked like it. And considering there was all this drama around the film, that was the first thing people thought. So lots and lots of drama. Maybe a lot of it could have been avoided. Uh, I know Olivia Wilde's already coming out and saying things like, oh, it just always seems there's controversy surrounding my movies. Well, I hate to say it, you were kind of involved in part of this. Now, <laughs> now, now Harry Styles, I mean, he's a, he's a handsome boy. He's a good singer and performer. Can, can he act? 
Well, I will tell you about this movie. You know, this was, I think, a big significant role for him because he's in there with Florence Pugh. He's in there with Chris Pine. There was a focus on Olivia Wilde as a filmmaker, you know, that they, you know, she was one of the people that was getting her chance. Now, I don't know if that's going to work out in the future because of all the stuff that's around this, but yeah, there's, there's always that part of it. I think at times he does struggle because Florence Pugh is such a great actress. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. I've told people, pay attention to this girl. She is really good at what she does. She's got an Oscar nomination. She's in weird movies like Midsummer, but then gets an Oscar nom for Little Women, but also was great in fighting with my family. I, she was one of the few things I really liked in Black Widow. And I think at times Harry Styles definitely – seems like he's being outworked a little bit by the people around him. Um, and I think Chris Pine's really good in this movie. I think Florence Pugh is really good in this movie. Do I think this movie is the disaster that some people are painting? No, I don't. Do I think it's a good movie? I don't think that either. Yeah. yeah um, unfortunate. Now, what's, the, what's yeah. the plot and what's the setting for this movie for people who haven't heard of it? Because from what I see, it's like it's set in like the 50s, right? Okay, I've got to be careful about spoilers because there's a lot to spoil here. Ah, okay. Um, they are living in a society that very much resembles the 1950s. Everything okay. about how they act, what the women do, what the men do. Um, there's a lot more going on to that, though, because they're very secluded, basically, out in this desert oasis. And they're, you know, kind of been told, hey, don't leave past certain points. Just stay in here and do everything. Ah. And soon, kind of Florence Pugh's character... You know, she seems like she's got this perfect life. She's married Harry Styles. She's got a good job. You know, she's a homemaker, beautiful young girl. But then some weird things start to happen. And this is kind of part of my problem with this movie. The movie's two hours long. It's not like three, you know, two and a half hours, three hours long. It's nothing long like that. But I will say, I don't think anything of significant importance in terms of unraveling what's going on doesn't really happen until about an hour and 15 minutes in. That's a lot of time sitting and waiting for something to kind of reveal itself at all. And that's the thing. It doesn't really reveal itself at all. I'm not going to spoil anything. The idea that they kind of, you know, mess around with in here, when people do see it, it is kind of a forward-thinking, pretty cool idea. And maybe kind of where we're heading as a society in some ways with certain things. I can't spoil. I'm sorry I'm being vague, but I can't spoil. Gotcha. Um. And I do think that maybe there was a really good movie hiding out in this movie. I just think at the end, the execution just is not there, whether that's on Olivia Wilde, whether that's on the script, whether that's on the storytelling, whether it's the decision to kind of wait so long to, you know, reveal what's going on here. Uh, You got to engage people with the mystery and you can't wait too long. And I do think that they just waited too long at times. I think still it's a showcase for Florence Pugh because she kind of carries this. And I think there will be some people who will like it because she's so good in it. And you're kind of so engaged, you know, with her character. But I I think this is definitely heading to be a box office bomb. And it absolutely will not be the Oscar contender that Warner brothers hoped for. It's just no way that's going to happen. And I do think there was some, you know, definitely some buzz around it. But when you start getting all the other drama, I think people start judging you, you know, judging, you know, what's going on outside the movie or them rather what the movie is about. And so I think that had a lot to do with maybe some of the critics going after it. But, I mean, like I said, there's been so much drama. I don't know if you realize this. Olivia Wilde was doing, like, like a, a, basically a sit-down at Cinecon, I believe that's where it was. And that's where the incident happened where 
uh, Sudeikis delivered the divorce, uh, the custody papers to her on oh, stage. Okay, she yeah. was doing press for this movie. So like I said, there's just been constant drama surrounding this drama movie. <laughs> so I mean, I, um, are, are you concerned that, that uh, the lack of promotion, because I got to be honest, I haven't seen any anything on this fight as far as trailers, commercials. Uh, it seems like the the, the big productions, um, like Nope, for instance, everything sure. around it. I was watching, uh, you know, like a Thursday night football or Monday night football or preseason football or something. It was like uh, every other second it was like brought to you by Nope. I was watching a UFC event on a pay per view, and it was Nope, Nope, Nope. They were just shoving this movie down our throats. Like making sure that we went out and saw this and kept the buzz going to where it was a, you know, it was being talked around. You know, it was a, it was a water cooler topic, you know, every day uh, with this. Don't worry, darling. I I didn't know what it was until you told me. Hey, do you want to talk about Don't Worry, Darling? You you know, this is what you text me Monday or Tuesday, and I was like, Yeah, dude, sounds good. And I looked over at Leah and I go, What the hell? It's Don't Worry, Darling. And she's like, I don't know. Don't worry. And I'm like, I'm not worried. Yeah, so uh, do you think they did a poor job of promoting this thing? Because I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Will, have you heard of it? I think I've they never probably. Heard of it. Yeah. I think they probably wanted to promote it heavy at one point, and then when it was getting all this negative press, mm. I mean, because we all saw like you know memes where stuff like spitting in Chris Pine's lab. And like I said, that was nothing. It wasn't even that. But there was already so much drama around it. And then when the reviews started to not be great, and listen, some of these early reviews that came out of Venice, I was like, guys, this is not that bad of a movie. Like, it's got flaws, and yes, it misses the mark in some things, but I've seen way worse movies this year, you know? Like, come on, guys, settle down. But I think it was the fact that this was supposed to be a big contender for Warner Brothers and was kind of a screenplay that had been out there for a while that people had wanted to make and wanted to make. And, you know, the whole push, you know, with – you know, obviously representation and getting Olivia Wilde to be a director and, and you know, be out there doing all, you know, this stuff as a woman director, you know, kind of, you know, taken away from, you know, the boys club and being there. But, I mean, she created a lot of drama, it seems, with herself because some of the rumors are is that she was running, you know, she, she was nowhere to be found on set at times because she was with Harry Styles and it was driving people crazy. I mean, supposedly that's one of the big things with Florence Pugh. So who the hell knows? What actually went on on that set? It could have been nothing, right. but at the same time, when you live in this you know bubble like we do with TMZ and everything else, all it takes is just a little spark, and then the fire starts burning. Wouldn't it be great if he delivered the divorce papers as Ted Lasso? Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> in the voice? <laughs> well, well, I mean, and honestly, it didn't make that didn't make Sedakis look very great, and there he is playing one of the most lovable characters on television right now. I mean, really, I mean, it's the truth. People love Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. and here he is behind the scenes, maybe doing something kind of sketchy. So I, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it's, it seemed like a whole lot of drama for a movie at the end of the day. That was maybe just mediocre. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just the way it is sometimes. And, and Johnny, like I said, this is what we should be used to in September. I've told you many, many times, all we care about is football this month. It's the truth. It's true. I mean, we got postseason baseball right around the corner. We got football, hockey's in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's a big month for sports. I mean, September, October, it's it's huge. So, yeah, we don't need a great movie until Christmas or Thanksgiving. You know, I think we're going to start seeing them in October. I mean, I've talked about Black Adam will, will be at the end of October, and you talk about marketing. I mean, you cannot avoid the Black Adam promotion right now. You know, and this was supposed to be out in July. 
and listen, that's not even until like late October, and we're already seeing it during football, you know, during you know other events, you know, big marketing campaigns and pushes for this. So, I mean, that's that, that's not even here yet. I, you know, there is Halloween ends. Um, you know, the last Halloween movie, I, you know, I saw that first Halloween movie that you know Danny and all the did that that was very entertaining. You know, it was, it was cool. Second one. I was entertained by it, but I also may have been playing Mystery Science Theater by the end of it. It was so ridiculous at times, <laughs> really. So they're doing the Peacock and, you know, in theaters. I don't think they should have done the Peacock. I think even if the movie got bad reviews, people want to see scary movies during, you know, October. And I think it would have been done no matter, you know, it would, it would have done fine no matter what the reviews were. And especially since those movies don't cost a lot of money to make. Um, but, yeah, you know, Black Adam will be the big one. And then um, – you know, I do think, like we've talked about before, just so many reasons, not just the movie itself being a big sequel, but uh, once again, the drama that surrounds it, and that's Black Panther. Yeah. I mean, I just think people want to see how they handle it. Uh, I know that sounds morbid, but it's like I've said, much like the Fast and the Furious movies after Paul Walker died, and they basically said, hey, he's going to be in this next movie. Yeah, I think people, you know, had a morbid curiosity of how they would handle it, and I'm sorry, as a big Marvel fan, I do. As a movie critic, I do. I want to see how they're handling this because it's a really tough, I hate to use the word unique, but it really is a weirdly unique and tough and sad situation because their Chadwick Boseman's got, you know, everything he has. You know, he's the Black Panther, $700 million, gets a Marvel movie nominated for Best Picture. And what we don't know is he's hiding these battling cancer and then passes away, like literally right after Endgame. I mean, I still say that's one of the most, in terms of like movie news and things happening, I mean, I think that's going to be one of the shockers of the decade still, the fact that we just lost them so quick. Right, you yeah, know? we didn't really have a good chance to, uh, you know, to prepare ourselves for it. It's no. like, same thing with uh, Norm MacDonald. He didn't tell anybody he was battling this, yep. and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, he... he you know, he dies, and then they release a special he recorded in his basement. You know, it's just like, you know, it's, it, I don't know. I don't feel like we were robbed of, like, our last moments with him. You know, in a lot of ways, you uh, you respect the hell out of it because you're like, look, this guy, he, you know, he, he knows he was put on the earth to be an entertainer, and he doesn't want to bring people down. You know, he, you know that's his choice to, to play it out that way. And, uh, you know, and it just, yeah, like you said, the shock was like, what the hell is Chadwick Boseman? Like, this guy is a... Uh, you know he's great and everything. You know now now what the, you know what the hell's going to happen? At least they have the technology. I can't tell you what the yeah I can't tell you what the text message said, but I can still remember sitting there on a Saturday night and getting a text message from Geo, just being like you know a couple of curse words and being like this can't be real, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm like what? You know, just because they say it came out of nowhere. And you're talking about Norm. Here's the thing about Norm. Norm really really wanted to make you uncomfortable. But that was the last way he wanted to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. People know. Yeah. I mean, that, that really is the truth of Norm. He, he, he did everything in the world to, to make you feel uncomfortable. But when he, when he actually could have made you feel uncomfortable, and then obviously garnered tons of sympathy. Yeah. He didn't do it. He no. kept it to himself. And I, res- I, I respect that in a way. You know, I mean, there are some people that bring it forth. Like recently, I'm sure everyone saw, a couple of us probably saw it. Um, Shannon Sharp, he, he kept it quiet. Yeah, you know that he that he had prostate cancer and then announced it on television. I was like, oh my gosh! And not only did he ha- have it, he had it like six or seven years ago. Yeah, you know, right when he started, you know, on Fox Fox Sports over there. So he kept it quiet too. But I just think it's crazy with Bozeman how he was shooting all the Black Panther movies, shooting you know Avengers. Yeah, and and was sick. 
I mean, give it up to him. Just, I mean, he looked good about coming to work every day. When we complain about our jobs, I don't care if they're movie stars or whatever. The dude was battling some really bad cancer and showing up every day and doing press and smiling the whole way through it. I know. The other thing about uh, the the Norm McDonald story, if you go back and look at not the special he did, uh, I don't think it was the basement special, it was one right before that. He was actually battling cancer and he did a joke about cancer when people didn't know he had it. And it's such a good joke and poignant he said uh i don't know why people say you lose your fight with cancer he goes because if you die from cancer cancer also dies so you didn't lose you know you, you, uh, cancer went down with you you know what i mean it was, the whole that was the whole point of like the the, the joke and it's like kind of made you think yeah without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.